0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hi there, it's John Henderson.
0: And this is Christina Metter.
1: And welcome to Afraid of the Dark. Christina, we're here again. Yes, I know.
0: We're having a little feedback. So. And we
1: are having some feedback. So.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what? Sometimes, guys, we'll finally get all these technical glitches figured out. Every time we think we do, we discover something else. So, <laughs> on that note, How's that sounding? Good. So, anyway, how's your day going, Christina? Tell me something exciting that's happened over the last couple of days since we did the show a week ago. Let's see. Um, well, I'm
0: definitely um, ready for the rain to be done. <laughs> um, but, you know, earlier today there was this epic thunder. I mean, it was just profound that um, happened, and I don't hear thunder like that around here on the West coast. So it's pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm doing well. Otherwise, how are you doing, John?
1: I'm doing pretty darn good. Yeah. This weather getting ridiculous. I'm sure everybody that's listening that lives in Nevada County has probably had enough of the rain. So that is for sure. But something really cool I discovered um, over the past few days that I am, I'm a cat whisperer. And I'm man enough to be able to admit that, that I do have a cat, and uh, I've been trying to – my girlfriend's got a couple cats, so I brought my cat over, and I've got the touch because they're cohabitating, so it's it's a beautiful thing. So if there's anybody out there that needs help with their cats, I speak their language. I speak their language. That's pretty amazing. I know, huh? (laughs) All right, now that we've lightened the mood, so – So, Christina, why don't you go ahead and explain a little bit about what the topic of tonight's show is going to be, because it's going to be a great show. We're going to show some great insights. So, Christina, go ahead and share a little bit first.
0: Yeah. um, People that are struggling right now in the world for many reasons, um, whether it's stresses politically, financially, uh, substance use, all down the line. And um, I think it's just a hard time in the world right now. So, what I I wanted us to talk to people about is how to better understand the vehicle that they live in, which is this body. And uh, just like, you know, when you get a new car, you look at the manual or you get a new phone, you have to understand how it works. I wanted to kind of unwrap and unpack the body-mind connection in a way that can help people to better understand how to maintain it and use it to maximize a better state of mind and a better state of being.
1: Love it. Love it. So like she said, I mean, a lot, I'm going to break it down a little bit simpler in a different way. And what we're going to talk tonight about is, you know, finding your happiness and trying to figure out what really brings us joy, because there's a lot of obstacles that get in the way of our happiness. And I know all of us deep down want to be happy. I mean, I'm sure Christina, you, you want to be happy, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, it's – of course, everyone's going to default to that answer, but, you know, life gets in the way, and what it really does come down to are some of the choices that we do make. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to go through the barriers that we face. There's stuff that we face every single day, and we're going to give you some great tools to hopefully knock some of those walls and barriers down and i need to give I need to give a shout out and some props to a guy that I've discovered on Facebook and on YouTube who he's just got a a wonderful way of enlightening and bringing you know life's difficult times he he breaks it down into a really realistic and simple way through his videos and his name is jay shetty so Definitely look him up, guys, out there, because his stuff is really inspirational and great. And I, I got a lot of this information from one of his videos, which was called Six Things to Remove from Your Life. And it was kind of uh, – it kind of was a catalyst to why we decided to do this show, and we're going to take a lot of the things that he took from his video and break it down for you guys. because I think it's going to be very relevant and helpful for all of you because it inspired me, and I know it, it, it definitely got Christina's attention when I showed it to her. And uh, go ahead, Christina.
0: I was just going to say, before we start, you know, the, um, the piece that I think we we all struggle with is how to feel empowered, how to feel a sense of power with the life we're living, right? There's so many things that make us feel powerless, you know, um, life not going our way, people leaving us or having trouble in relationship, issues with kids. So, it's really important and it's gonna be powerful for people to learn how to find some power within themselves. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted to kind of start there. And, and before we dwell in, I wanna talk just for a minute about the mind and the body connection, because I, I wanna set this premise. I think it's important for us to all be on the same page. And so when we're talking about the mind, there's three components. So the first one is consciousness, and consciousness is basically neutral, and it's this, if you've ever seen an epic sunset or, you know, something that's just so, like, traveling to a different country, and it's just amazing, and you're just in this still kind of receiving place of awe, that's, that's a good way to understand consciousness. So that's definitely one component. And then the second component is the mind of the mind is the chatter. So, you know, the, the voices that go through our head, the beliefs we hold about ourselves, the judgments, the compliments. So there's this chatter component. And then the third component is the brain, right? So as I'm talking to you right now, I'm using my frontal lobe, which is the forehead, which is kind of the secretary that arranges things, and then there's, when we get nervous and upset, that triggers the fight-or-flight response, which is um, above the neck and the back of the head. So, you know, it's, it's important to understand that there's three differentiating components. And when they're all set off, they create a reaction in the body. So that's how the body-mind connection is understood in not just the fields of psychology, but also in the fields of neuroscience and many other fields as well. So I just wanted to kind of start there. So
1: That's, that's some deep stuff. I, I love it, though, because it is true. Body, mind, do definitely go to work together, and being aware of all that is, is vital to definitely making the right steps and finding some joy and happiness in our lives. So, well, I'm ready to dive in. You ready to dive in, partner? Go for it. All right. So what we decided to call these is not six steps, defining your happiness, but six barriers, because we've got to break through these barriers in order to get to where we want to get. So the first barrier that we always run into is guilt. And, you know, we've all felt guilt for sure in some point of our lives. And it's just one of those things that we're going to face con- constantly. And one of my favorite quotes that I got out of uh, Jay Shetty's video, and I just want you guys to sit with this for a second, is guilt is to the spirit what pain is to the body and just kind of sit with that for a moment and just think about how pain is to the body and then think about how guilt would be to your spirit or to your mind. Pretty profound when you do think of it that way. Cause I mean, Christina, you've, you've dealt with guilt. I'm sure at some point in your life, do you have anything you can share that would be kind of a, a good thing to share with, with the audience out there?
0: Yeah. You know, guilt, you- is it's an interesting feeling state because it, it hides really well. Um, I think that, it, and, and I've done this myself, and I think people in general can relate to, you know, feeling guilty about something and then talking ourselves out of it, like, oh, okay, now moving on and I've let that go. But a lot of times guilt hides, and it hides in the body. So, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that doesn't, just go away with a lot of the time with just mentally kind of talking it through a lot of times we have to go deeper into the body and find where we're it's storing itself you know um so Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's 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 a tricky one for sure
1: guilt is one of those things that ties into forgiveness too because i think a lot of the time we carry this guilt around and when we're holding on to that, we're creating such a negative resistance in our body that it, it starts to really infect our psyche. So we're carrying all this guilt, and I think one of the most important things we can do is anything – anytime we make a mistake in, in our lives, it's forgivable. It really is if you're willing to admit that you've made a mistake, if you're willing to work on changing the habit or the pattern that created that mistake because that's the lesson to be learned. And the sooner we're able to be willing to learn that lesson, the sooner we're able to put that in the back and move forward. And that's why I'm saying forgiveness is kind of critical because you've got to be able to forgive yourself for some of the mistakes that we've made in the past, because that lesson that you can get out of it is going to make you a better person once you're able to forgive yourself and move forward. So it's vital to look at it that way and you know, the best apology to ourselves or anyone is change in behavior and change in pattern.
0: Absolutely. I was just going to say that myself. It's, it's, you know, the guilt, is, it's, a, it's an indicator of something. And if it could be seen as an indicator, uh, then we can use it to better understand ourselves, our needs, um, and how we can interact with others differently. So it's definitely... Mm-hmm. It can be
1: used to grow from. So. I, I totally agree. And this is kind of how I, I view guilt, too. I, I, I think I used this analogy with you a couple of days ago, but it's true. And, you know, if, if we're holding on to guilt or, or if we're holding on to resentment for someone that has hurt us, it's like, think of it this way. When you roll out of bed, you've got a 50-pound backpack attached to you. And throughout the day, you're lugging this 50-pound Backpack around day after day after day. And just think about how freaking exhausting that's going to be physically. Think how exhausting that's going to be psychologically because you're just constantly lugging all this extra shit on your back. So the sooner, the sooner you can forgive yourself or forgive somebody that's, that's hurt you in the past – the sooner we can lose that extra baggage that we're carrying. And again, you're going to get that valuable lesson and you're going to get that closure that you need to where you can break through that barrier and move forward. So there's so much potential there if we're willing to look forward.
0: All right. The second one is excuses. And we can all (laughs) excuses And, um, you know, the context, the context that, you know, I, I'm coming from in this moment is when we want to do something or make a change or do something healthy or good for ourselves. And we have that little voice in the back of our head telling us, oh, it's, it's too hard or I'm too tired. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I went to meditate today and, you know, the rain, it it was raining really hard and exhaling and whatever six in the morning and right away my mind's like oh we don't we don't have to get up we can we can just stay in bed and do it later and I was like oh wow interesting you know so so the mind has this really tricky way of you know saying things like that to keep us Mm -hmm. to keep us in a place of homeostasis because to make changes or to actually reach for and weave in things that are going to be good for us or help us grow means we're going to have to do something different. And the body is, I think the body's lazy and it doesn't want to have to work for things. So it, it definitely creates a bit of a challenge. What do you think, John?
1: No, I, I would totally agree with you. I mean, I, we, we always try to make an excuse for doing something that we don't necessarily want to do. I mean, it's just easy to procrastinate. It's easy to blame somebody or something for why it doesn't get done. Um I, done it all my life. And I'm sure everybody out there can relate to it in some way or another. And, you know, I, luckily, I've gotten way better than I used to be at. It. I mean, I still have my, my moments where I procrastinate and wait till the last minute to get something done. And it, it's ridiculous when you think about it, because you're adding so much extra stress into your day and into your life when you procrastinate. And then you start to uh, you start to build all this doubt into yourself because you're starting to say to yourself, you know, why do you do this? You know, you're, you 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 fail at getting things done when you should get done, and you know it just starts to plant that seed in your mind to where maybe you're you're not who you thought you were. So in some ways, you got to stop sabotaging yourself and not committing to yourself to getting things done that you know are going to benefit you. Because as Christina said, you know, the body's lazy, and if the body's lazy, there's a good chance that her mind's going to be a little bit lazy also. So I think it's one of those situations where we got to look in the mirror. we got to own ourselves. And, you know, when you take action, complete a task that maybe wasn't high in your list of wanting to do because you knew it was going to be uncomfortable or not that much fun, when you finish something like that, it, it feels great, doesn't it? I mean, it, when you finish something that you've always been putting off because you knew it was going to be hard and it wasn't going to be an enjoyable experience, when, you, when you're done, it feels amazing, and the more consistently you do that, it's going to inspire you, and I think it's one of those things, too. When, you do, when you're able to accomplish something like that and you're not making an excuse anymore, you got to celebrate those moments and realize what a big stepping stone that has been for you. So
0: Absolutely. I try to look and, at it and, that way. And when you push against the resistance like that and you, you come out the other side, it creates new patterns in the brain, grooves in the brain, and it creates this confidence, right? We all want confidence, but we have to cultivate it. (laughs) We have to work at it. We don't just have confidence. You know, we we have to kind of show up in the face of, you know, the mind-making excuses and the procrastinations and do it anyway. Like you said, when we're on the other side, it's like it, it does feel so great, and it starts to give us this, like, energetic river of motivation mm-hmm. that gets stronger over time, every time we repeat doing something like that.
1: Well, you're just, you're building momentum. You're building momentum in yourself. And a word I love to use, and it's applicable to so many things. And it's one of my favorite words is just consistency. When you can really start to be consistent in a lot of different areas of your life, it just becomes a habit. And that consistency builds success, it builds inspiration, it builds self-worth, it just it filters into everything. So try to be consistent when it comes to wanting to get things done in your life. So think of that word a lot. Think of that word a lot. So moving on to number three, and this is a big one. I think this, this is one that can really help a lot of people and that's removing negative people from your life. And again, to me, that's huge because, you know, I I put a quote out on the page yesterday on on Facebook that, you know, people are like, you know, what was my quote, for God's sakes? This is the beauty of live radio again. But my quote was, negative people are like vampires. And we all can, I mean, come on, it's so damn true. When when someone that's got that that energy, that's just really negative, and it's, it's, they're like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. You know, they're just always like, eh, you know, always moaning and groaning about something. It sucks the energy out of the room. It sucks the joy out of us. It brings our energy down. And it's one of those things that why do we have that in our life?
0: Yeah. And a lot of times when there are negative people in our space, it's there, to show us something about ourselves. You know, I've definitely, as we all have had that Kind of experience where even if we love the people or you know get along with them well, um, they're mm-hmm. just not in a good way, and we tend to keep them around for for reasons <laughs> that aren't always you know evident. But um, they're there to teach us something either about ourselves, um, needs that we have that aren't being met, or you know things that we truly want that we're not receiving from that dynamic. So if, if you know, it's it's definitely a valuable teaching tool but it's definitely something not to stay stuck in because like you said you know the thing that's thing is like physicists have shown there's a there's an energy around people there's a field mm-hmm. an electromagnetic field and what i've figured out i mean i'm sure that we can all relate to walking in a room and just looking at somebody and going oh my god don't go don't even go around that person we can feel that because we can sense their field and so negative people just carry with them this field and um so it it could be pretty powerful if we're not careful and how it affects our field
1: well it does i mean let's be honest too. when people are negative their energy is going to it's going to filter into us a little bit people that Mm -hmm. you know we all have those we all have those people in our lives that uh you know they just they bash other people to get off at saying negative things about so and so. You know, did you see what so and so did or did you hear about this? And da 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 da. And, you know, they're spending so much I mean, think about it this way, they're spending so much time on bashing someone or something that, you know, it's just a beautiful reflection of how unhappy they are with themselves in their lives. So they have to pick something to pick on because they're not willing to look in the mirror. And you know, it's harsh to say this, but do you want those kind of people in your life? I mean, do you really because it's they're sucking the potential from you they're pulling you down to their level in some ways and who the fuck wants to live like that? I mean, who wants that in their life? And the reality is is be who they are and unfortunately, sometimes we outgrow people we outgrow friendships because we're We're changing it. We're going in a different path. And sometimes it's just going to be okay to leave some people in the past because they're not going in the same direction as you. And that's unfortunately a vital truth to finding happiness for yourself.
0: All right. So number four is anxiety. Everybody can relate to anxiety and you know, basically, anxiety is when the mind starts to spin out around something that happened, could happen, or did happen. And so the mind will just start vamping on it. And, you know, we call that like racing thoughts, right? The mind will start to worry and, and obsess about it. And then the chest starts to get tight. And then the body starts to get, you know, so there's all these there's all these physiological symptoms that start happening because the mind is so off and running um, around things. And so learning how, again, this, this body-mind connection, learning how to better manage the mind and stilling the mind, which we're going to talk about in a little while, is vital to dealing with, you know, anxiety. And they say when, when you're anxious, you're either stuck in the past or you're in the future and neither of those, you know, are happening in, in this moment. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a challenge for a lot of people.
1: Well, it's like you said, I mean, we, we all have those moments of anxiety where we're just overthinking situations. I mean, I'm sure all of us have woken up at three in the morning and our minds just racing about something and we can't shut it down. And, uh, you know, it's, that's an uncomfortable position to be in and you know one the only thing we can really do is focus on yourself and I know whenever I start to overthink things I I catch myself and I'm, I just will say to myself John dude relax take a breath and relax and just focus on what you can control because whatever's happening in in that person's world right now or the situation is completely out of your hands because there's not a damn thing you can do about it. the only thing you can do is take care of yourself so it doesn't make it a lot easier. <laughs> I'm not going not gonna to lie to you because, you know, we know how powerful the mind is and we know how powerful overthinking can be at times. But you've got to find what's going to help you um, take a breath and relax. So whenever we find ourselves in these anxious moments, you know, before this occurs, think about things that can bring you some joy. You know, remind yourself of some of the wonderful qualities that you have. And I'm sure we all have things that we will go do that help relax us and help us take a breath. I mean, for myself, um, I will go exercise. That's my way of getting my mind to calm down. It just helps bring me some clarity or listen to some upbeat music that makes me, again, feel some joy, some joyfulness, and, and takes that anxiety and stress away. So you know, think of those things that are going to be beneficial to help lift your spirits, bring that joy up and quiet the mind. And also just remind yourself that there's certain situations that are completely out of your hands and you just need to focus on yourself and not worry about how to handle that situation or what you can do to fix that situation. Because sometimes you just got to let things play out and that's tough to do, but it is doable.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know, for myself, I've learned to use things like yoga and meditation and something called mantra, which is repeating a phrase over and over that has a a melodic character to it. Um, I think the musician in me loves that idea that I can create a vibration in my body that's better than the one that I'm in if I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed for some reason. And just yoga in general, actually, the word yoga means union. And it's, Its its message is to basically help people learn how to still the mind and be in the moment, come into the moment with the breath, with the body. And so it's it's such powerful stuff. And I found that it really helps not just me, but clients that I've talked to and people that I know combat the challenge. Because the problem with the anxiety before we move on is, once it, it gets far along, once the momentum, I like how you said that word earlier, John, once the momentum of anxiety starts to pick up and gets really powerful to where you're almost in an anxiety attack or your body is just, you, you can't really function, it's really hard to come back from that because the other, the other piece from a neurobiologic secreting cortisol. So when you start secreting cortisol in the body, it takes for every shot of cortisol, it takes 45 minutes to 60 minutes to metabolize that. And so that's wow. why the body gets so tired. The body is you know like you said putting the backpack down. It's like it's it's just really taxing on the body. So it's good to try to get that anxiety before it gets out of control.
1: No, I I, I would say you're absolutely right on that. That's why I was saying, you know, before something like this occurs, you know, just maybe write down things that you can go do that uh, help quiet the mind. So whenever you do start to run into those situations that's going to get the anxiety level up and get you stressed, you have a couple of go-tos that will help calm the situation down to where you're going to handle it better. Because, you know, I'm going to use another quote from Jay Shetty because this one's – I think this one's really applicable and it puts a – it's a great metaphor to how anxiety really is and how the mind can overtake us a little bit. And, you know, think of it as you're in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do at the moment, but it gets you absolutely nowhere. And <laughs> that, that to me is a great metaphor of, 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 of an anxious mind and anxiety because you're rocking away but you're getting absolutely nowhere. So find your outlets. Find your outlets.
0: I, I love that suggestion of writing things down before you're feeling anxious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just want to kind of piggyback on that. After you write them down, start using them when you feel good. Because mm-hmm. what, what you're doing is you're creating a new routine and creating grooves in the brain, right? And so if you use right. it when you're feeling good, like let's say taking deep breaths or, you know, going going to the gym or whatever it is that you decide to do, it becomes that much easier when you start to, because when you start getting anxious, the frontal lobe starts to dim. And that remember, we, that's the part of the brain that we draw from for knowledge and, you know, what do we do now? So when it's dimming because you're going into that fight or flight, um, it's really hard to remember. So if you have it anchored in, over time, it's going to be so much easier to draw from it for sure.
1: No, it's true. It's true. And it's, you know, again, that's, that's being more self-aware of yourself, you know, and that's, that ties in everything we're going to be talking about tonight. But, you know, when you're more self-aware, you know the tools that you need to grab when you're going to be encountering these situations in your life. So take more inventory in yourself. So you have it readily available because unfortunately too much of us just kind of wing ourselves through our day. So we're not super self-aware with, you know, if this is going to happen, I want to do this to help combat it a little bit. We just kind of jump into something and we get self-destructive by doing things that we know are not good for us. But, uh, we don't have an outlet. We haven't thought about it. We're not self-aware enough to realize when this happens, I really should probably do this because it's going to be a much better alternative than that. So be aware. Write things down. It's vital. It's really vital. All right. So the next one we're going to jump into, and again, this is a good one. This is a good one. It's it's pleasing everyone. <laughs> which we know is so possible. So, you know, I mean, the reality is we, we all want to be light and and we, you know, we, we want, we just want to be light. I mean, that's, that's just our human nature. And when we, when we discover that someone doesn't like us, our egos get dented and it, it, obviously it doesn't feel good and it wears on us, but the reality is not everyone's going to like you just personalities that just don't mix. And that's, It's okay. It's just okay. So, you know, continue to focus on who you are. And if someone's not on the same page as you are, guess what? It's okay. Because not everyone's going to fit into your tribe. That's just the way the world is. And that's the way life is. And to keep getting hung up if someone, you know, a few people don't see the eye to eye with you, just let it go. Let it go. You'll be much happier individual. I'm sure Christina can relate to this, so I'm sure she's got some good stories she could share. Anything, Christina, I want to hear this.
0: and what you need
1: versus
0: me versus moving from a place, a place where...
1: you know it's interesting you say that because you know as I said in one of my earlier shows I'm a tennis instructor I'm a personal trainer and I'm a life coach also and one of the hardest things to realize is not every client that comes my way is going to be the right fit for me and that comes with friends and people in your life because some people are just going to be able to connect with you in a better way than others and I learned that, you know, over the past five or 10 years, especially in my career, that, you know, when I have a, a new client come up, I'm like, you know, let's work together, and what we'll do is if we feel like we're a good fit, then we'll move forward. If, if we feel like we're not a good fit, then I would much rather have you find an instructor that fits the way you learn and the way you think better. So when I, look at it, when I looked at my career and clients that way, I think that's very applicable to friendships and relationships because not everyone's going to fit you right. We're, like, we're all like little puzzle pieces, so it's, it's important that uh, you find the right tribe where the puzzle pieces fit correctly because that way you can be yourself. They can be yourself. There's going to be a much better connection on all levels instead of trying to please everyone to get them to like you and to see you because if you're trying to please everyone, obviously we're not going to be authentically who we are. 'Cause we're gonna be basically adjusting our personality our dislikes to make sure we can fit together and carry on this friendship or relationship. So Absolutely. very, very important. And yes, Christina, I, I think you shared... may have, I think you I think you may have been muted, my friend.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So I just um, wanna just to revisit that for a moment. You know, when we're pleasing everybody, it's a way to get our needs met from the outside in. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I had read an article a few years back and it said that people that are kind of, you know, self-sacrificing kind of people, um, which, you know, I grew up with a mom who just did everything for everyone. And she was always miserable and I never understood until I <laughs> got older. And, you know, it's, it's basically because they're not meeting any of their needs and they're relying on others. To make them feel good, right? So, so when you do things for others and they are happy and they, it actually creates a dopamine hit in the brain. So it's, it's fascinating how if we don't have that, we'll look to others to help us get it. So, anyhow, what I had said when I was, um, you know, hitting the mute button here is <laughs> we can living from living from our center, living from our center and moving out, and, and meeting our needs. And, and living from our truth is so much different than relying on everybody outside of us to do that for us. It's right. just a different way of living.
1: It's a healthier way of living, and unfortunately, it's a, hard, it's, a hard, it's, a, it's a hard way to live because, again, I think, you know, we talked about this last week. At such a young age, we want to be liked by all our friends, so we just start to build a little bit of a facade of who we really are because we, we want to be people pleasers. We want to have a lot of friends. We want to have, you know, we want our teachers to like us and stuff like that. So we're, we're already creating at a very young age, you know, we're, we're basically putting a mask on ourselves a little bit. And, you know, I think it's something that perhaps would be a benefit for schools to start teaching at a young age to be original, you know, be yourself. You know, these are things that just need – that get missed, I think, in the school systems, at least a good chunk of them. So on that note, we're going to jump to another good one. This is called negative self-talk, and we're all guilty of this one. And, you know, again, why why do we do this? I mean –
0: well, you know, I, I definitely think the negative self-talk forms over the years, right? Because obviously when we're yeah. small, we don't have that going right. on. And then we, ha- then we have experiences where somebody calls us names or somebody is mm-hmm. mean to us. or And it's so fascinating how we have this subjective experience where we start saying like, oh, there's something wrong with me or I'm not likable or I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not handsome enough. And and they become these really deep core beliefs that those negative thoughts draw from.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think too, what happens too is if, if we're neglecting or if we're, if we're really dealing with some of these barriers that we've gone through so far, it's, it's going to create negative self-talk with us. You know, it's like, if we're feeling guilt about something that occurred or happened years ago or last week if we're not willing to look at the lesson if we're not willing to accept responsibility for something you know we're going to have that negative uh voice in our head saying something about ourselves and then over time what happens is we start to believe that that just becomes you know, part of our DNA in so many ways. So we just start to believe that and to unravel that after time is a very difficult thing. I, I, I I could attest to it. You know, I, I had a a value issue about myself for a long time. I, I didn't see my value and it took a while for me to unravel that, but it's, it was doable, but it took a lot of effort. So, you know, you need to really concentrate on forgiving yourself. You need to really focus also on surrounding yourself with positive people that help build you up instead of tearing you down. I think that, that's, that's a big one right there. That's a big one right there. I mean, I, I think if we're, if we're constantly engaging with people that are negative, that are always pointing fingers and, and saying, negative things about somebody again, um, you know that, that stuff's going to be infecting you. And the potential of them saying this, saying something along those lines to you is very, very high. So, you know, we're human. If somebody says something negative about you, we're going to sit there and we're going to overanalyze it potentially. <laughs> so ties into anxiety. So we might start overthinking. Is that true? Am I really like that? It's... It's an avalanche sometimes. And,
0: you know, before we move into the, the ways to create more happiness, um, you know, to, to remove these things from your life, I, I, I know you and I talked about this, John, you need help. This, this isn't something mm-hmm. that you can just sit down and do. You know, this is this is something that requires the courage to reach out and extend, whether it's to people in your community, a therapist, a life coach, um, a relationship coach, it doesn't matter. You know, th- we, we have so many blind spots as people that yeah. we can't do it all ourselves. And I think that that's where the excuses come in a lot of the time, saying like, oh, I, I don't need anybody. I can do it on my own. Or, you know, I don't need to get help, and it's not going to really help me anyway. I mean, you know, we, the mind is so tricky and can really mm-hmm. – um, talk us out of reaching out for the help that we need to actually remove these barriers, so we can get to the good stuff,
1: right, John? Oh, I, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, when you when you look at the list that we just went through, the when you really see them, it doesn't seem like it would be that difficult to work on these things. I mean, wouldn't you agree?
0: Well, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that. Looking at these things makes it difficult. I think the idea of change and having to reach and step outside of one's comfort zone is what really paralyzes Mm -hmm. people because they, like I said, the body is lazy. We are lazy by nature. Right. And uh, so I I think if, if we can just keep doing what we're doing and coast through, we're going to choose that unless there's something that wakes us up or really Mm -hmm. fuels us to decide to do something different.
1: Well my question, you know, when I said that when you look at these six things, they, they they look like, Oh, I can do this, I can do this but the reality is to do this on your own is gonna be very, very difficult. Even though it looks yeah. like, oh I can handle that. You know, I can work on my guilt, I can work on not making excuses, I can work on, you know, my anxiety and removing negative people. And the reality is that's a line of bullshit because we're not gonna be able to do it all. It's impossible. You need to have somebody that's gonna hold you accountable. You need to have, like you said, either a therapist or a coach or friends that you truly trust that are going to hold you accountable and call you out on your shit. Because we will, like we said in number two, with excuses, we will make an excuse for not doing something, period. We just will. We'll sabotage ourselves in some way. Some of you might be able to get through it all, but the the high percentage of us, it's, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I mean, one of the best things that happened to me last year when I was a part of this coaching academy was I had a coach work with me for an entire year. And he, <laughs> he would give me assignments, and we would have weekly calls. And I tell you, he held me accountable for everything that I said I would do. And when I would go on my call, if I, if I slipped on one thing and didn't do it, he would call me out on it. And I would feel a sense of, you know what, I, I, A, I owe it to myself, but I owe it to him to follow through on these things. And it it, it makes a huge difference when you have somebody that's going to hold you to it. It really, really does, or asks the right questions and gives you the right tools to get through these barriers because that's what it's all about. It's starting to believe in yourself. It's having the right tools to make the necessary steps to get there because – if we don't have the tools or if we only have one or two of the tools, it's still going to be a struggle. It's still going to be a big struggle.
0: All right, so let's move into what I like to call the technology of awareness. So one of my, one of my favorite teachers of kundalini yoga, his name was Yogi Bhajan, and he said yoga is a technology of awareness. So I just want to start from that place because when we're looking at a lot of people think oh yoga is something spiritual or from india or whatnot and it's actually a science and the idea of yoga like i said earlier is to create a union between the body and the mind and the the main purpose of things like yoga and meditation and tai chi and qigong is to calm and turn off the mind to allow you to get into a different experience and so the reason I'm starting from this place is because what I want to say to all of us and I'm talking to myself too is if we want a better state of being we have to work for it we can't just even clearing those things out of our space those six things that we just talked about the negative self talk the pleasing everyone the anxiety we have to actually sit down if we can every day and work on how to calm and still that still that mind so that we can enter a more deep and embodied way of being. And when I say embodied, I mean, so we can feel into the body. You know, there was a quote I saw today that I thought was really powerful and it's how to calm the mind so that we can link the mind to the heart and go into the body and have a more unified way of being. You know, have you ever sat and thought about something and finally just surrendered to it and went to the ocean or went and did something else and a knowing came over you? It was like this wave of aha or awareness. So that's what happens when you learn to calm the mind and get into the body. It's a more fuller way experiencing yourself in relationship to life.
1: Wow. That's beautiful.
0: So thank you. And so, so from, from that, <laughs> from that guys, right. For, I wanted to give it a moment because that was something that just came through that, that's, you know, I, I hope the emphasis of, of what I want to share tonight is that, you know, we have to work for what we want. Nothing ever comes free in that regard. And so, you know, if we can find a practice that we do, where we are sitting down, especially when we don't want to, because it's a more powerful practice, and whether we're just watching our breath and and redirecting the mind or we're doing some stretches or we're doing something that's causing us to exercise presence and stillness of mind, it's going to make us such happier beings. Because, you know, part of what uh, a lot of people that are into yoga have heard and recognized is with technology and all the intensity of life coming at us we have to learn how to unhook from that and turn off the mind so number one is to cultivate some kind of practice that you do that gets you out of the mind does that make sense it does to you john yeah
1: I mean, one of the first things I do every morning is I, have an, I set an intention of what I want for that day. And luckily, you know, I've been working on this for a while now. So I set my intention, and I really try to hold myself to, you know, living that day through that intention. And it, just, it does, it creates a, a more joyful day, and it gives me clarity and like you said, it, it helps me stay aware with my – it makes me more aware of my thoughts. I'm much more right. conscious of my, my thoughts throughout the day than I've ever been in my life. And that's – that. like you said, it takes effort, and it takes constant practice and reminding yourself to do that. So –
0: Yeah, and then, you know, what what happens over time when you find this practice to still the mind and continue to return to the breath is the mind starts to get quieter. And there's a new awareness that starts to happen, right? So just like we maintain, you know, know, we have to fill our refrigerator every week and we have to maintain our cars and we have to maintain, you know, all of that. We need to maintain this body-mind connection. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, from, from that, guys, you know, looking at the six things we identified, when we can learn to still the mind, by for like one great example is to just watch your breath. If you just sit still and close your eyes and notice which nostril the air enters and leaves, and maybe it's both at the same time and then it exits through the left nostril, that's something called anapana. Uh, meditation right so just sitting and watching your breath you're going to notice your mind's going to start wandering into I have to pay this bill I have to the continued redirection back to the breath is the work right or if you're in an amazing yoga class like my my yoga teacher is just amazing and you're you're in a posture and she tells you move the left kneecap a little to the left and the right elbow up directly fit you know so you're totally in the body you're in the moment, you're not in the mind, all these things are there for us to try to achieve this state. This is what gets us to less negative thoughts, to
1: Mm -hmm.
0: less less anxiety, to feeling more sense of power from the inside out and we're less likely to have negative people around us because we feel so much better.
1: Mm -hmm. That's I like that. That's a really good analogy. I like to use the term pivot. So whenever I catch myself, you know, maybe thinking of something in a negative light, um, I quickly catch it and I'll pivot it to something positive. Because I, you know, whenever we start thinking of anything negatively, it it just builds. It, it just gets bigger and bigger. So the sooner you're able to catch that pivot to something positive, um, just the better off you're going to be. And it's just, Again, it's being self aware of your thoughts, it's being conscious with everything too. And you know, I, I truly do believe that we can control everything that we think about if we're present, if we're really, really present. And that's tough. Life gets Absolutely. life can get very, very overwhelming. But the more the more present you are, the more self aware you are of yourself and your thoughts, when all hell's breaking loose around you and the shit's hitting the sand, you're gonna just be calmer and you're going to process better and you're going to handle those situations in a much, much healthier way. Um, I think one thing that I do way better than I've ever done is I process better. I don't, I don't let things Mm -hmm. rattle me. You know, I sit back, I process and I try to come up with the best response. And that too takes practice. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely.
0: And, um, you know, the, the thing I wanted to add with the practice is we were talking about how to find power in all this, right, by learning how to change our thoughts and feel better in our body. The thing that, that really, I was in a training uh, a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about, you know, stilling the mind, and it was a yoga sutra uh, training, which are powerful Scriptures um, from the Hindu lineage. And what this guy said really struck me. He said, Our consciousness, the part of us that's just observing and taking in, is interpreting through the mind, right? So the mind is the mirror through which we're perceiving everything. So if we have a mind filled with negative thoughts, if we have a mind that's racing, that's out of control, and you know, making excuses, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to be what happens in the body. That's going to be our embodied experience because that consciousness is going to be reflecting through that. That's why it's Mm -hmm. so powerful to still that mind and learn how to go into the body, breathe into the tension in the shoulder, be with the, you know, the, the opening of the chest and how that feels and, and to live more from that place and, Mm -hmm. To feed, our, to feed our mind with positive things, right? Instead of watching CNN news all night and, you know, uh, <laughs> sitting, sitting in a rocking chair with anxious thoughts, right? Uh, put on some music that's relaxing or p- put on, like, doing mantra. I will tell you this. After being in the field of psychology for over 25 years, the most powerful way I've found to cut through negative thoughts and overwhelming mind states is with mon- mantra, And and what mantra means, the M-A-N means mind, and the tra is the heat of life. And basically, Mm -hmm. it's a powerful combination of words, which if you keep reciting it over and over, has a vibrationary effect on the molecules in the body, and it will Mm -hmm. stop that negative content in its tracks. I, I haven't found anything, I tried doing the whole think of something positive and your focus, but it it once you're starting to go down that road you need something more powerful, even if you say to yourself "I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay over and over it'll start breaking up the chatter that's going down a negative path so
1: no that's that's that is helpful. I like that a lot I mean one of the things that I did you know and it was one of my assignments for my coach, and it was really helpful was to kind of help eliminate negative self talk and this, this could tie into you know, anxiety and things of that nature and excuses. He, every morning what he would want me to do is sit down and write five qualities that I really liked about myself. And it's helpful. It's helpful when you keep reminding yourself of things that you really admire about yourself. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell a story. This is funny because I went to a this seminar a couple of years ago, and it was this intense three-day growth seminar. It had all these amazing motivational speakers from all over the world, Brandon Burchard and Dean Graziani. And, I mean, it was, it was intense, but it was fantastic. It was kind of a really eye-opening experience. And later that night, trash, because it was just like eight hours of, you know, listening to speakers and getting into groups and sharing and all this stuff. So it was intense stuff and it was a little overwhelming and it definitely, you know, pulled me out of my bubble, but I'm in, I love to tell the story because it's kind of funny, but I'm in this hot tub and I'm just trying to relax. I had a beer and one of the speakers gets in the tub and I'm like, oh, frick! And the guy's, the guy's sitting in the hot tub and he's like, so how are you enjoying this? And I'm like, oh, it's great. No, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, and he goes, "Well, why are you here, John?" Because I told him my name. And the, the the great thing about this story is the guy's name was Boudreaux. Okay, so you know, picture <laughs> this. guys in a hot tub. I'm with this dude named Boudreaux, right? So, so I tell him, I go, "You know, one one of the reasons I'm here is I'm I know it's just funny, okay? Anyway, and, so he asked me, you know, why I'm there, and I go, you know, one of the things that I'm working on is I'm I'm insecure, so I'm really trying to find my voice and just find you know just more belief in myself and he's looking at me and he's just like you know looking at me from the exterior you would think the complete opposite at least that was him his impression so he goes well what up you know give me 10 adjectives that best describe you and I honest to God to like five and completely just Started laughing because I just couldn't come up with anything. Then I just started making shit up, <laughs> and you know this guy was just looking at me. Goes, you know, he's like, you are so out of touch with yourself, and he was right. And what was funny, and I'm I'm almost done with this story, as I'm boring everybody. But you know, we were talking longer, and he goes, I can help you kind of get over this. And I'm like, he goes, Do you want me to do that? I'm like, Sure. And he goes, So what I want you to do is when you go back to your hotel room, I want you to write out a hundred. No, actually, uh, let me tell this story because this is the truth. He goes, I want you to write um, 20 adjectives that best describe you. And, and my response was, I'm like, shit, 20. He goes, okay, now you got to give me 50. And I said, shit, again. And he goes, give me 75. <laughs> so <laughs> we, this is a true story. So we capped it at 75, and I'm thinking 75. So I'm back in the hotel room, and I'm writing all these adjectives. And I got to the point, and this is the truth, Christina. This is so sad. And this is probably everybody that's listening to this pathetic story I had to start Googling adjectives and making shit up to go out my 75 (laughs) adjectives. And I mean I think if everybody sat down right now and said, hey, you got to write out 10 or 20 adjectives that really describe you, a lot of us would probably be stumped. They really would. I hope I'm wrong. I love that that
0: story. That's my
1: hot tub with Boudreaux story.
0: I love that story because, (laughs) no, what's great is that that is actually one of – another great tool is to do something that's either called like a gratitude journal or just a journal Mm -hmm. on your achievements, right? A lot of times I'll have clients write like five things a day that they're proud that they achieved or accomplished or just something that they mm-hmm. did that they wouldn't have done, or whatever, just to, like you said, get your focus and your awareness to see yourself through that lens, right? Again, it's it's filling the mind with positive things, mm-hmm. so we can start using our consciousness to reflect that. So,
1: well, it's like it's, you you were saying. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Go ahead.
0: That's okay. Whether it's um, deep breathing or sitting down and writing down qualities about yourself mm-hmm. that you like or doing a yoga class or, you know, sitting and trying to meditate, these are all ways to begin to still and calm the mind so we can have a new kind of reflection and experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we're trying to, to you know, drive home here is, is it takes work and it's it something that we have to do on a daily basis, basis if possible.
1: Oh, absolutely. You can't just do it two days in a row and think you've got it solved. It's, you know, it's an everyday task that you've got to be conscious of. It really, really is. You know, and and kind of going back to you, I mean, yoga and doing mantras is your way of really handling and getting control of your mind to get in touch with yourself and your soul. You know, I've tried meditation and (laughs) I'm I'm terrible at it. (laughs) So I've you know it's just something that doesn't work for me, and I think what we all need to realize is you know you've got to find what's going to work for you. What helps me the most is writing that That's just a wonderful way for me to express my thoughts and my feelings and when you're able to see it on paper and read it consistently, it does really help you get in touch with yourself in a much deeper, healthier way so that that's kind of my way of wanting to to find myself and find my center and and calm my mind for that matter. That's, Mm. that's helpful for me. So I think everyone's got to think about, you know, what's going to, what would work for me? Would it be writing? Would it be yoga? Would it be jumping on your bike and going for a great bike ride? You know, everyone's going to have their way of doing a mantra. I think that's probably the easiest way to look at it. So
0: Absolutely, and and there's so many things out there that work on the technique that, you know, I'm referencing of stilling the mind. I think it's a very Mm -hmm. unique technique, uh, like Qigong and Tai Chi, so I think bike rides and riding are all amazing and definitely great, but I'm I'm just a neurobiology geek, and so I I like to really have specific techniques of how to still the mind. Sure. yeah I think, sure. I think it's all like you said in a pool of what works for us and 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 so hopefully we helped everyone to find a better way to maintain the their body mind connection and to better understand what they need to remove from their life and also the things they need to add into their life.
1: I think that was really well said right there. I really do. What to remove and what to add that's. That's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it.
0: All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in tonight. And we hope uh, that this is going to inspire you to maybe at least make one change in your life that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before.
1: Yes, I just want to say thanks, everyone, for, for listening tonight. Unfortunately, again, we had a few technical glitches. We'll get it all ironed out eventually. <laughs> but that's the joy of doing something live like this. And remember, this is only our third show. We're, so we're still, we're still figuring out all the ins and outs, but we're, we're getting there. But um, we hope you enjoy the show. We hope you, like Christina said, we hope you find something out of this that's going to be a benefit to you. And like she said earlier, find someone that you can really hold yourself accountable to. I think that's vital whenever you're trying to make any change in your life. So again, it could be a therapist, could be a coach. It could be someone that you really do trust, but make sure they're going to, they're going to push you, make sure they're going to be there for you and make sure they're going to hold you accountable to making you want to be the best version of yourself and find your happiness. So thanks again, guys, have a wonderful evening. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Take care. Well, I came in there because I couldn't hear you. I don't either.